Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, thank you to all the Capital Link people for organizing this event. And uh, it's very nice to be here in, in Singapore this week. Um, without further ado, first I want to just introduce who we have on the panel here. And in uh, no particular order, other than the order you see them next to me. Um, I'd like to start first with Justin Sharp. Uh, Justin is the head of Structured Asset Finance for Commonwealth Bank of Australia. Um, primarily focusing on, on transportation, uh, <coughs> including particularly the, uh, the shipping sector. Uh, next we have Uta Urbaniak, who is the CFO of Epic Gas. Um, has been in Singapore, I think you said, for about nine years now, uh, previously starting a career with HSH Nordbank. Next to Uta we have James, uh, James Lawrenson. Uh, James is Managing Director for North Cape, also based here in Singapore, and is very experienced in a uh, brokering and, and bringing uh, leasing deals together, particularly here in Asia. And last but not least, we have uh, Terry Chen. Uh, Terry was with Minsheng Financial Leasing for a number of years, but about uh, one or two years ago, took over the, um, the role of the head of shipping and offshore for TPSH leasing, which is the joint venture of Taiping Insurance and Sinopec, and uh, is starting their shipping portfolio. So thank you to all the uh, panelists for coming today. And uh, hopefully we can have a, another good, lively, or good, interesting discussion like some of the other panelists have had. And um, I guess without uh, getting too further into it, obviously our topic today is talking about leasing business, particularly in Asia. Um, everyone is familiar with the, the role of the Chinese leasing companies and the increasing importance that they've played in the last number of years. Um, I think anyone who's in shipping is well aware of that, especially here in Asia. And uh, so each of the panelists here has, has had involvement, or uh, whether on a banking side or as an owner side or, or somewhere in between, um, dealing with leasing in Asia, um, including in China and elsewhere. So I guess just starting off, I'll go to the end of the table, to Terry. Yeah. And uh, not to put you on the spot too much <laughs> first, but I uh, just wanted to ask, um, in terms of the, the leasing business in China, yeah. um, most, um, most of the leasing companies that, that I speak to or we will, we will work with say, you know, each year we're going to increase our portfolio, mm. we're going to have more deals, mm. um, higher quality deals, mm. you know, we're going to be even bigger budget for next year. Um, is that something, do you see that really continuing as a, as a market in China for leasing companies? Do you really see that increased involvement um, for, for the next couple of years? Well, uh, from my point of view, that I, I, I believe that it will play a more important role in the future. And actually, we, the, the Chinese leasing company, now they are playing a, a quite a significant role on the shipping finance market. Uh, well, if I'm not, uh, I'm not wrong, that I saw the data that uh, last year, I think the Chinese leasing company spent 12 billion US dollars on shipping. That's quite a big amount of money, actually. And um, at, uh, the financial leasing company was actually, well, the, for those with bank background, actually, it was established almost 10 years ago. And now, actually, it's growing very, very fast, especially in the last five years. Actually, um, I think in 2012 and 2013, we all, the, the, the big leasing companies, they, they went into the international market. And uh, that means that actually we are getting to the shipping is a very international 
business. So uh, now we are getting to uh, how to say it, uh, international uh, market, just like we are sitting here today, you know, seeing a lot of uh, Chinese face and, 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 and foreign and different people, you know. So, uh, and the market is much huge comparing to the local, uh, local market. So I believe it is growing uh, bigger and bigger, especially those that, I mean, with the big uh, uh, company behind, like the banks, like us, we have the state-owned company like Sinopec and uh, Taiping behind us. They actually, we have the capability to, how to say, to get fund from the bank or from the other uh, the, the, the resource. So still, for the, for the time being, we see that they still have the, I mean, we still have uh, the capability to get to, to, to fund the project and then uh, to provide a service to the shipping companies. Yeah. So, uh, interesting you mentioned the funding issue because mm. I know for for some leasing companies mm. funding has been a, a challenge mm. for them and mm. as you mentioned not so much the ones that are owned by by the banking institutions mm. Um, mm. but some of the others is that something in the years to come for leasing business um, in China at least mm. wh what do you think is going to separate the successful leasing companies from the you know the ones that may uh, may, may not be able to compete is it funding or is it is it something else? Wow. <laughs> um, if you want to see that which one is successful or not successful, I mean we'll see that if they how long they can last, <laughs> they can survive in the market. I mean if they can still survive, they can uh, make profit. Of course, I mean it's a successful companies, but of course I mean for shipping funding is the key for the for the for the for the leasing companies. Mm. Um, actually, in China, for those regulated by CBRC, I mean the authority of, uh, uh, of the government, uh, they have, uh, I got to say that they, they, they still have uh, quite a, a strong report, uh, support from the parent company and to get financing from, uh, from the international bank or the local banks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but of course, this is the key for them. But, I mean, different companies, different leasing companies, they have the... Their, their, their customer. I mean, it's not meaning that you, the cheap, I mean, you have the cheapest money, then uh, you have the, the market. Because once you, uh, you want to, <laughs> how to say, you, the price is cheaper, then you may be required to have a, a higher credit customer. But some of the company, they are doing very, very well. They focus on the medium-sized companies, shipping companies. They, of course, their price is higher, but they are still doing very well. So I think another key for the leasing companies in the future is that uh, we have to see that who is able to handle the asset. Because for, well, for, for me, the most important is the, 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 the value of the asset for the ships, the cash flow, and uh, of course the credit of the shipping companies. So these three keys, key things to which actually will, form, will, will help us to, how to say, to recognize the deals. So, um, so you will see that for the very good company, then uh, they could, I think James knows that some of the, 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 the leasing company provide almost 100% financing for, for, the, for the shipping companies, but some of them they can only get 60%. But the most important, I think, in the future, if they want to separate those successful and unsuccessful companies, that they, they need to, have to develop their capa uh, how to say, capability to handle the asset 
So uh, that means that if you have the capability to handle the asset, you may take a higher risk to a project. Yeah, and uh, so funding is the key, of course, but it's not the only one. I gotta say, there's uh, quite uh, many, many elements to form it together. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, of funding and financing, Justin, um, when you are focusing on, when, when you do deals with uh, leasing companies, what are some of the parameters that you look at, just following on Terry's comments about, um, I believe you focus more on the, on the financial institution angle rather than on, on the uh, kind of shipping assets, uh, potentially, but yep. is that, you agree? Uh, the, the, the straight, the quick answer is, uh, is that's probably not quite, quite correct. So CBA's focus um, for our shipping portfolio is on long-term relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's been the case whether it's the, the leading shipping companies that we deal with, and, and the same applies to the, mm -hmm. the financial leasing companies that we, we have financing arrangements with. So we, we will very much look at who the counterparty is in that transaction. But in, in all of our, our shipping business that we do, uh, very much like, and what Terry was saying really resonated with me because mm. I think one of the key things about uh, any business is, is where your costs are set at and that, that drives your success. And in leasing, people can mistake that for your costs as just being your funding costs. Mm. But I think there's enough evidence in any asset finance over time that you, you have an impact on the value of your asset that will outweigh any benefit you have from, from low costs of funds. And that can really hit your bottom line. We've seen that you know, across numerous types of assets. Mm. So mm. ours is very much a two-step process. We'll, we'll look at the counterparties in the transaction, and at the same time, uh, we'll, we will look at the, the asset and the position of that asset, liquidity, the, the value, and even the future value in the transaction as we structure that transaction through to completion. So just, just following on that, when you're looking at uh, the leasing industry, say particularly in China, what kind of, uh, kind of market risks do you see um, for the leasing business going forward, uh, based at least from the bank's perspective? Yeah, I think given, given, my, given my previous comments, we've, we've been quite, uh, and, and Commonwealth Bank is, uh, is a large Australian bank who has had involvement in, in shipping for, for a couple of decades now, but we've been quite conservative about the, the business that we've, we've written. And as a result of the, the focus on the, the asset positions and the, the client positions, uh, the, the transactions we've tend to be, tended to be involved with have been on the, you know, the assets that have shown a high degree of liquidity and, and future value. So in, in, as a result, I guess, in those transactions, we haven't seen uh, any particular aggressive structures because they just wouldn't work for us when we're doing our own sort of risk-reward analysis on a particular transaction. Mm. I think um, you probably have to look a bit more to maybe some things that have happened in offshore, offshore sectors particularly uh, to, to see where maybe some of the current, current issues lie. Okay, thanks. Um, Uta, from a, an owner's perspective, uh, I know you've done leasing structures um, in Asia, but, but more, I think, uh, in Japan rather than in China. Um, so from an owner's perspective, if you're considering financing with a leasing structure or just entering into leasing structures, what are the key things that, that you look at um, in terms of what's going to be helpful to your business? 
Thank you. Um, yeah, it's correct. Uh, at Epic Gas, we have done a number of uh, leasing transactions over the last two years. In Japan, we have quite uh, uh, close links to Japan. All of our ships have been built there. Our clients are based there. We have APG traders, petrochemical traders in Japan. And so we thought Japan is an obvious place for us also to look for financing. And uh, the transaction we did enabled us to free up equity. Uh, and at the same time, <coughs> excuse me, at the same time, we were able to reduce our finance cost. So um, pricing, that's a combination of uh, yeah, margin. Japanese banks offer very competitive terms still. And uh, also, they go beyond the standard repayment profiles uh, of 15 years. <coughs> Sorry, my, my voice is <coughs> bad. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, higher leverage and the lower pricing is obviously something we find very attractive. <laughs> uh, what is also important to us is that we keep control over the asset. In all of our structures, we have purchase options throughout the term. And uh, we also find with taking residual risk. So if it's, you know, in our view, an acceptable level, we are happy to do that. And uh, last but not least, we also think it's important to take a proactive approach against the risk of more and more traditional banks pulling out of shipping. So therefore, we always want to broaden our financing relationships and establish yeah, relationships with new banks and, and new leasing houses or Japanese owners. Thanks, Uta. Um, James, maybe I can just have you kind of follow up on that because in your role with North Cape, you're bringing um, ship owners, you're bringing leasing companies and other parties together to do these transactions. Uh, what are some of the... When you are looking to source a deal or bring a deal together, what's your approach to either explaining to owners how this is going to benefit them, you know, owners like, like Epigas or others, or what would you say to a company like Epigas about the Chinese leasing market, for example, and, uh, and how would that kind of come together for you? Well, I think, uh, I think one of the biggest selling points today in, in the Chinese leasing is um, no syndication risk. Uh, we have uh, we've seen deals and been involved in deals in excess of one billion dollars with zero syndication risk, <laughs> and that's quite unheard uh, of in in the Western uh, financial institution uh, market. But um, when you go when we speak to clients, it's uh, it's what Duta says. I mean, it's if if you are able to get uh, higher leverage at a lower cost, uh, that can be attractive. Uh, and and uh, but there's there's clients that view different things of the leasing product, uh, you know, other parts of the of the product uh, attractive. For example, you have the cruise industry that uh, is is pursuing China in many different ways, and even though the 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 financing the financial tools that they have available to them in, in their home market is sufficient, they might be looking or they are looking to the to the Far East to establish themselves together you know, with the big household names of the banks uh, in, in China, uh, be it wealth management, be it credit card uh, issuers. So uh, there, there's many, many different things we can pitch to, <laughs> to see if we can get someone interested in going to China. And just in your role with North Cape, um, just for the benefit of, of those who may not be familiar with it, maybe you can give, because I think it's quite an interesting um, platform that you have 
in terms of bringing these parties together? Is it something where, um, or maybe not just let you describe it, but um, you know that you uh, are actively searching kind of globally for, for people looking to do leasing deals, or what is your I mean, focus? We, we, we started, um, we've always been following where the capital has been going. So we started uh, with uh, assets out of Asia, financed in Europe or in the US. Uh, but it quickly turned uh, five, six years ago when, when we saw the appetite that the Chinese banks were, uh, had towards shipping. And it's, I think it's quite impressive to see that the Chinese have taken a 20% stake in, in eight years or uh, nine years of the global financing, financial market in, in the maritime space. Um, two of the top three banks are, are, uh, are Chinese. Um, so we were there quite early, uh, and the process in the beginning was an educational process on both sides. Uh, and uh, again, the, one of the first deals we did was a, was a larger deal where syndication was important, and the client actually didn't believe us, or believed the Chinese bank when it said, no, there is zero syndication risk. Um, so, so that was, uh, but as time has gone by today, uh, we find ourselves in a little bit of a different market. Terry has gotten very good at marketing himself, uh, and, and that's true for all the leasing banks, uh, that they, they go out and they, they meet the clients directly themselves. Uh, there's also not a single regular, uh, regular banks that also don't pitch the sale leaseback product themselves, because they, they view the fees good and they can, uh, they can fund the leasing bank as, as a way of actually funding the client. So the space has become very competitive. So, so to di differentiate yourself, you have to, you have to look at uh, offering something that, or going after something that maybe isn't so easy. Uh, I mentioned cruise. That's something that no one had really planned or looked at in, in China before, or even the cruise companies. They were so used to ECAs. Um, you have anything that touches on, on Russia, where the Western banks are very scared, and, and China is, is quite proactive. Um, and you have larger projects, complicated projects, FLNG or, or uh, of, of such, uh, such things. Anybody else want to comment on that? Justin, just from, from your view, um, in, doing, in financing these leasing deals, or leasing companies, um, you mentioned that you look at their counterparties as well, the charters. Uh, is there anything kind of generally that, do you look at, um, do you prefer to look at deals that are already packaged together as a leasing, you know, with the leasing structure already in place and you'll work with that leasing company or would you deal with ship owners directly and introduce them into a leasing structure as a way for you to help finance it? Uh, we, look, we'd, we'd certainly be open to, um, you know, working with our, our shipping companies who are clients on, on structures. It's probably tended to be that a lot of the deals we've looked at with the financial lessors, the, the shipping, the end shipping client probably doesn't quite fit into to what our, our shipping client is in this market. And that's where I think they're being a bit of a facilitator for the, the funding requirement that shipping requires. And you've had a lot of banks who are more corporate credit focused in the, in the space and, and need that, that corporate credit, um, the, the days of, you know, every, every ship owner being able to, to fund a vessel and an SPV on a non-recourse basis are about mm. a decade old. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I think for, for us it's been uh, more a case of, of working with the, the lessors on, on, you know, maybe fine-tuning their, their structure for what would work for our credit requirements. 
Um, Terry, just to, uh, to jump down back to you again. So obviously you worked for one of the largest leasing companies for a few mm. years before uh, mm. now coming to uh, typing Sinopec mm. leasing. Um, what has been kind of, you know, obviously you're well funded at, at typing Sinopec with two, uh, two you know, very large um, mm. companies behind you mm. and in that joint venture. But what have been some of the kind of challenges for you going to um, a new leasing company and starting that business um, in terms of speaking with clients or potential clients or banks? Well, this is a good question. Actually, we have been suffering a lot, actually. Um, uh, yes, to a new, uh, new leasing companies, we actually, the good thing is that we, our, my, 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 my boss, the senior management, they see that it, those, uh, uh, the other leasing company like ICBC, Bocom, and uh, CMP, they are doing very successful for the recently, and uh, also they're making profit. So, uh, so for them, they, of course, they would like to support me to go to, to, to the, the, on the shipping business. But in the meanwhile, actually shipping well, to most of the people, they're a little bit far away. Just like well, our company, we start from the aviation because my boss is taking airplane almost every week. But, <laughs> but they don't go to the ship every day or every, every month. But uh, so it, it needs some time to, to let them to understand the business. Yeah, so this is some kind of challenge. But the good thing is for us is that uh, we're trying to do something different from, uh, from the others, comparing to uh, my previous uh, company. Uh, here, we actually quite focused uh, to use our resource from our shareholders, especially Sanopec. They are the probably biggest charter on uh, VOCCs and many uh, types of, of uh, tankers. And probably they, in the future, they will be a very big, uh, big uh, charter on, on gas carriers uh, uh, as well. So which makes us slightly different from the others because we, have, uh, we got the support from the shareholders. And in the meanwhile, when we go to talk with the, 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 our clients, we actually have more confidence to, to, to talk with them, especially on the energy transportation sector. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope that I can, we can uh, use also our resource from Sinopec and to give some add value to our customers. And in the meanwhile, they will have uh, more confidence to, to us if we, we, we uh, how to say, would like to do this deal, we have uh, more chance to deliver this deal to, to, to the customer. And for the banks, actually, I think it's also an advantage for the banks as well. I mean, at least for China, for the financial leasing company, you uh, actually we are, we are regulate, uh, the regulation from the China is that uh, the parent company have to support the leasing companies. That's why I think we get quite strong support from, uh, because this is on the regulation. It's not something that uh, just uh, talking, you know. So uh, <laughs> I think that's why actually we uh, quite, uh, uh, our credit is quite acceptable for many of the banks. Uh, international bank and, and, and the local banks as well. So, uh, and uh, for this one, actually we're trying to build, uh, I mean for this new company, we're trying to build uh, our business and uh, also make it uh, more favorable to the, to the banks as well, which is our, one of our funding resource. That, uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, if in case we have, uh, have a tanker, have uh, any problem, then we might have the chance to, to give it to our shareholder. They may have to have the chance to use it. So uh, this is something <laughs> that we are aware. 
making difference. But it, it takes some time to well, to to tell the this kind of a benefit to the shareholders and to the senior management of the companies. Yeah. So. Thanks. Uta, hmm. um, I know uh, you mentioned earlier that you've been prim primarily involved with Japanese uh, leasing houses, and, and because of your connections with Japan, um, has the, the, have the Chinese leasing companies um, either approached you, I don't, you don't need to name names, but uh, approached you or have you uh, spoken with them um, to kind of do a comparison of, of whether it would make sense for you to, or for Epic Gas to enter into Chinese leasing deals? Yes, we uh, certainly looked into Chinese leasing as well and uh, we met a number of leasing companies there and uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I think for us it was just not the right product at the time or, or yeah, I mean, what we were looking at was more lower leverage. Uh, I mean, still above what, you know, traditional banks do these days. But uh, we are pri uh, quite price sensitive. And uh, Chinese leasing for us is more high leverage at a slightly higher price, while it's Japanese leasing. I mean, this is a bit more flexible in terms of leverage. You basically get everything between 50 and 90%, I would say. Uh, and the price is still, yeah even lower than Western banks, uh, what, what Western banks offer. Um, but I, I don't want to exclude that we ever do Chinese leasing. I mean, it's just, yeah, if, if there is a new project, you know, we will certainly also look at, look at that and continue discussions <laughs> with Terry. Sure. Yeah, James. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, the perception is, is uh, Definitely, that China, the Chinese sale leaseback was was known for, uh, you know, higher leverage at a higher cost, uh, higher leverage through longer profiles and, and such. Uh, what we've seen uh, over the last, I want to say, no more than 12 months, is that uh, they, especially the larger uh, leasing banks, has been there for a long time. They are now shifting parts of their focus over for higher credit quality and for against lower margins uh, and uh, the the leverage is still you know the 90 percent is, is is possible but it's not it's not the main focus they really want to compete and out compete the the western banks uh, i haven't seen it official yet but i would i would suspect we see something below two percent margin from the chinese at some point <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 fine. But it's honestly, for, I think for but it's different, different strategies, yeah, different strategies. Different strategies. That's, that's true. And you see that while the, the funding cost has been rise a lot, you know, I still remember in 2013 when I joined this industry, three months later was about 0.1, something like that. Now, just now I checked, it was, it's now 2.35%. So, and, um, but, and the margin, Actually, most of the, uh, most of the cases, is, we see that the margin is remain the same. The banks, like, for instance, the, the, the banks, they, they still offer like maybe 2% of margin to, uh, to the shipping company and then to the leasing company as well. As well. So <laughs> unless you have the capability to manage your, how to say, your liquidity and okay. use maybe very short money, short-term money to run a very long-term project, but it takes a huge risk for the, for the, for the for companies, for the leasing companies. So just like James say that it could be the strategy for the for the for the leasing company, companies. 
you know, which one they want to do. Mm. I think I think that mm. uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's mm. it's massively risk if mm. if you mm. borrow out um, mm. fixed, for example, and then yeah. borrow in floating. Mm. Um, but I do think that the, the the number I mentioned probably will only really work for um, for the the big um, bank related uh, leasing houses that mm. um, has capital themselves also um, that, that they can that they can deploy that they're not so reliant on outside capital mm. all of them want to and they're standalone entities and and they actually have to enter into an agreement to borrow the capital internally but they still they still do it and we still see it and that's when they start if they want to deal and they want to compete that's where they go to get the capital I guess just as a Kind of more general question, and maybe Justin, you can um, start with this. With the number of leasing companies, you said we heard there's new leasing companies coming in the market, not I wouldn't say daily basis, but on a uh, relatively regular basis. Um, some are, are bank owned, some are you know, um, more privately owned or through corporates. Um, it's been quite a large growth in the last five, six, seven years in leasing. Is there something about growing too quickly that has brings any you know, kind of wakes you up in the middle of the night, um, from a bank's perspective at least, that uh, there's just too much growth or just too much um, exposure in, the, in Chinese leasing, or is there still a lot of room uh, to grow? Uh, I, think, I think coming, you know, coming back to one of the, one of the things Terry mentioned at, at the start, I think the, the concern for, for us whenever we're looking at a counterparty, whether, whether it's a shipping company or a, or a leasing mm. company, is their, is their technical capabilities and how they run their business. Mm. I think um, you know, in the instance that you're talking about and the growth we've had, mm. I think the, coming back to that initial comments we're having about how you deal with an, with an asset when mm. it's come off a charter or there's a, a default by, mm. in mm. a charter scenario, mm. Mm. that can be when you really burn burn costs as a business yeah. and that will really hit the the bottom line and I think right. making sure you've got the right technical and capable people mm. in mm. the financial leasing company mm. uh, is is something that needs you know something that we always look at when we're looking at the counterparties we'll deal with mm. and you mentioned an interesting thing there about um, kind of the technical skills and also the uh, you know the people involved um, some leasing companies have recently started going into more of the the, uh, the operating lease structure, you know, mm. not financial mm. lease structures, but owning and operating the, the vessels themselves using third-party managers mm. and, um, and becoming more true ship owners. Um, maybe Uta, maybe you have a comment about uh, leasing companies now actually being a competitor in some ways on, the, uh, on an owner side. Mm. Is that something you see as a, as a kind of a business issue for you going forward? I don't know. I mean, today some owners might choose uh, these structures just to get a transaction off the balance sheet, but the accounting rules will change in January next year, and <coughs> and uh, and then yeah, it remains to be seen whether it's a product which is still you know uh, looked after by owners, or whether that changes the whole picture again. Um, but uh, I think I mean. We also have uh, operating leases in our books, and, and again, 
from January next year onwards, they will all come on balance sheet. Mm. Uh, I think it always depends on you know what you want, what you need, what your needs are, mm. and whether you want to take residual risk or not. Mm. So it's yeah, it's still possible that you know both products will continue. James, maybe you can just mention: is that do you see an increasing number of uh, kind of the operating lease structure, or is that just a uh, yeah a minor? I, I, Absolutely, I, I think the the, uh, the traffic or, uh, traffic deal that we've seen. Uh, there's a lot of leasing houses that want to replicate that one. Um, it's uh, it, it's an it was a little bit of a game changer, uh, and there's um, there's a big ask for operating lease against good credit quality. Uh, again, and. Um, Again, the, the technical, which is, seemed to be some of our theme here, is that the technical requirements and, or the capabilities of the leasing houses will become very important that they can, they realize the fact that that ship will be theirs at the end. I think Terry can, can talk, talk to his shareholders and have them take care of it, but some of the others may not. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, Connor, you've been very good at putting lots of things in the, in the leasing documents that gives the, the leasing house rights to, to, uh, to inspect and, and, and keep an eye on everything that's part of the business. But in our experience, we haven't really seen the, the Chinese leasing houses, and I don't want to say enforced because that's the wrong word, but following up on those rights that they have in the documents. The annual inspections, the, the right to, to, to ask for all the type of information, to, they, they do tend to have, because it's a sale leaseback, they are actual owners, so they have to have these rights. Uh, but we haven't seen in, in the five, six years a lot of those rights being used. Uh, now, in a financial lease, may not so be so important because at the end you're handing it, the keys over, but in an operating lease, um, I, I surely hope they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks for suggesting. I mean, you, you, you recognize that uh, I mean, the leasing companies should have uh, some uh, technical skills. I feel myself more valuable because I used to work for class. <laughs> but and we have another colleague actually used used to work for uh, he's a, he's a charter for uh, in a shipping company. So uh, we actually want to build some uh, some uh, how to say uh, qualification or skills on uh, and uh, make us more close to a shipping companies, not just like a a, a bank. Yeah. So and um, for. <coughs> Operating lease, yes, this is a, a main topic since 2015, and actually more and more uh, leasing company now they are doing uh, operating lease. But of course, I mean, there will be some, uh, there, there will be impact by the new uh, accounting standards, uh, which will come into force in 2019. Yeah, so uh, well, we have a lot of discussion on this and see if we could uh, provide, a, 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 I mean, a good solution for the shipping companies who want to reduce their leverage and uh, how want to, uh, to 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 invest the project together, and uh, I think we're still working on this, but it will some impact. But I think operating lease it will be the future for the for most of the leasing companies. That's why I say that the capability to to handle the asset is very very important. You need to to have the the this capability, yeah. Mm. Thanks, thanks, Terry. It's a, it's I guess a good point to end end the discussion on, anyways, um, with the uh, Chinese leasing companies now uh, being being full ship owners in the next few years. So that's a good uh, <laughs> uh, good comment. Are there any questions from the audience? Just before, yep.
Uh, for Uta, your purchase options, are they in yen? Pardon me? Your purchase options, the purchase options you have on your ships, are they denominated in yen? No. They're denominated in dollars. Yeah, everything is in US dollars. We don't have any currency risk. No, no, I don't mean your currency risk. The purchase options in the charters, do they denominate those in yen? No, they are in US dollars. Okay, thanks. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. Okay, well, thank you, everyone. Thank you to all the panelists here, and uh, it's been a great discussion. Thank you.